Welcome to the Ideas Exchange by ASX, connecting you with market experts, investment updates, and ideas. I'm Helen Chong, National Business Development Manager at ASX, and this is our monthly podcast covering everything from investment trends through to different ways to invest using a variety of products. A quick note about this podcast. Information is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to include or constitute financial product advice. You should obtain independent advice from an Australian Financial Services licensee before making any investment decisions. Please refer to ASX's full disclaimer with respect to this podcast on the section of the ASX website titled The Ideas Exchange by ASX. Welcome to a new episode on the Ideas Exchange. I'm your host, Helen Chong. When we think about investing, we generally think about achieving our own goals and, you know, investing for our future. But have you ever wondered how you can invest and also have the potential to make a difference in the community? This has been quite an interesting topic that's gained attention over the last few years, and some of you might have come across this concept. And that's the idea of impact investing, which looks at how investments can generate a beneficial social impact alongside a financial return. Now the question is, investment returns and social returns, can you have both? Joining us to explore this topic is Caroline Gurney, CEO of Future Generation, the first listed investment company in Australia with this focus. So let's get started. Caroline, welcome and thank you for joining us on the Ideas Exchange. Thank you, Helen. It's lovely to be here. Very excited to have you here. So let's get started. Can you tell me about Future Generation and what's your role in the company? So Future Generation was set up in 2014 by Jeff Wilson, who obviously is one of those sort of gurus in investing in Australia. And it was set up because he saw a real need to make sure that we were were helping, you know, charities in that youth at risk and the youth mental sort of ill health spectrum. And he was he was in London. He saw a fund that a company that had been set up that was working incredibly well, raising money, and everybody was working for it pro bono. So you had your service providers, you had your fund managers, and they all they all worked you know, free of charge, and they raised a considerable amount of money that went to various causes. So he came back to Australia, and he got together with another, you know, a group of like minded other fund managers who were willing to support this. And so it was really born in that sort of world of, you know, profit and passion, you know, sort of that you know, social, that social impact, but making sure you actually get investor returns. So Jeff has always been a real backer of making sure that when you invest money, you actually get a return. And this way you get a return, but also the sort of the impact partners that we're with also, you know, are invested in for the long term as well, which is, which is incredibly important. And I became CEO probably just over, you know, half a year ago. And before that, I was on the Future Generation Australia board. And I've been on that for three years. And I just was amazed at the model of how it worked and how so many really significant fund managers, you know, boutiques, best, you know, best in class, and so many service providers came together with, you know, two great boards and two investment companies to actually make this a reality. So that's Future Generation Australia that was set up in 2014, which was investing in Australian equities. And then we had Future Generation Global, which was set up a year later, which was investing in global equities. And that one was the one that was faced looking at youth mental health. And the Future Generation Australia was about um, youth at risk. 
So it's an amazing two companies and we all work together. We're very much supported by Wilson Asset Management in terms of, you know, them paying many of the bills, et cetera. And therefore we can give 1%, you know, to these really important you know, not-for-profits, which have become our impact partners to really do good. And for me, that was really, that was really why I wanted to become more involved. I think, Caroline, that's fascinating. Um, and thank you for the overview of the companies and also how you came about to, to become the CEO of this company. Now, the word impact was raised quite a bit during the last, um, just that little bit of the intro that you've given. So maybe let's stay on that for a bit. What is impact investing? And you mentioned the 1% earlier. So 1%, how much of an impact can that make? So obviously, you know, 1% doesn't sound very much. But actually, when you have more than a billion in terms of your funds under management, you can give out a considerable amount of money over a number of years. So, for example, we supported 18 charity partners, our impact partners last year. And Future Generation Australia, we gave $5.3 million. And if you add it all up, we've given $26.8 million since inception which is an incredible amount of money and that can do so much good, but it also influences charities so that they can actually plan for the long term. But for Future Generation Global, we gave 6.4 million last year and that's since inception, it's 26.2 million. So we've invested in that time, you know, 52.9 million into these partners that support children at risk and youth mental health. And the important thing about that, I think, is that the fund managers and the pro bono partners that have worked with us, they have actually foregone about 100, you know, 100 million annualized fees since inception. And that's really incredible. So for me, impact investing, I mean, to make it quite simple is the fact that we can actually make a real difference. And it's a win-win also for the fund managers because, you know, they are doing what they do best and we are investing our money, the shareholders' money in their, in their funds that are actually managing large amounts of money anyway. So it's just a small percentage. So for them, you know, they're managing their money and they're also managing ours as well. And they get to be part of that sort of charity initiative and, and to make an impact. And then shareholders also, which is what I love about this model, they can actually vote where they want their 1% to go to. So we have a number of charities across those spaces and we ask them to vote which charity they would like their 1% to go to. And I think that's a wonderful message for shareholders to then talk to their, their children, their family, their friends about. And they can talk about, you know, do we invest in Mirabelle? Do we invest in Black Dog? Do we invest in, you know, youth on the streets? And I think that's a gift. You know, the fact that you get a return and you get you get a you get a good return, you get great dividends, but you can also make a direct impact. And I think that's um, a really interesting model that you run. And, you know, we've just heard a little bit about how that works, that shareholders are able to um, really have a voice and, you know, choose where, where their money can go to. Now, you just touched on the caliber of the managers and there's a sizable amount of uh, fees to forego on a pro bono basis. So, Caroline, can you tell us a little bit about 
how, how investors money work for this particular listed investment company? So in terms of the way the money works, you know, obviously the shareholders invest with us through through the stock exchange or their planner, etc. And when they invest with us, we manage the money. We have a fantastic investment committee. We have one for each. You know, they they have members from Longsec. They have members from Jana. They have fund managers. They have, you know, um, investment professionals actually helping us allocate the money to those, the various fund managers on the two different funds. And what we do there is we allocate funds to sort of market neutral, absolute bias managers, which gives investors a downside protection. And we also allocate funds to traditional long equity managers so that shareholders can sort of reap returns when markets are strong. And that's really important because it's a blended portfolio. And it's, as you would, it's it's, a, it's like, a, it's a fund of funds. And within the fund of funds, you've got this sort of portfolio, and they can spread the risk associated with specific sectors or markets. And I think in these, you know, volatile times, that's really important especially when there's sort of geopolitical uncertainty and market volatility. And our investment committee, you know, minimizes the effect of the volatility to the shareholders and delivers them smoother, steadier returns over time. In terms of our fund managers, I mean, you know, we have L1 Capital, we have QVG Capital, we have Wilson Asset Management, we have Tribeca, we have Coopers, we have Munro, we have Paradise, I mean, there's some really amazing fund managers there that have been, you know, over the years, huge supporters like Eli Griffiths. They've been there since inception and, you know, they manage our money on the future generation Australia side. And, you know, the returns there have been really good. Dividends are very strong. And that's really important, I think, to our shareholders. And then then we go back to them and we talk to them about you know, the impact they've had on the charities as well, because charities really want reliable multi-year funding as opposed to one-off donations. And working on a few not-for-profit boards in the past, and I'm, I'm still on one, which is, you know, it's about domestic violence, you know, for them to actually get this funding over those sort of three to five years makes a huge difference. And I believe also our shareholders really like hearing those stories and seeing that impact for themselves. Let's, um, there's a few things there that I'd like to unpack. So let's um, maybe start with a few definitions, shall we? So to be clear, the future generation listed investment companies. So also what is a listed investment company, Caroline? So may- maybe if I kick off with um, what are listed investment companies. So yeah. they're corporate entities, which are, are the companies that we talk about. And they're established um, for the purpose of investing in a portfolio of securities. You know, they're listed on the exchange. Obviously, that's the Australian Securities Exchange, the ASX. And because LICs are traded on exchange, they can be bought and sold through stockbrokers, just like, you know, regular shares and other listed investment vehicles. And they're accessible, which I think is really important to all types of investors, regardless of how much they're investing. And, you know, LICs can give investors investing $100 or $1 million, access to amazing investment acumen and sophistication of fund managers who might choose to, you know, manage their own, their own funds um, normally. So, you know, that, that's really important. And I think that's what Future Generation really offers. It gives access to these fund managers through the companies that they normally couldn't get access to. 
I think one of the most important features for me, I mean, there's some great definitions and a lot of brilliant fund managers talks about the benefits of licks, but is they, they have a fixed capital base, which is known as a closed end structure. And that means that this sort of fixed capital base, they're not generally subject to that sort of periodic cash flows from investor um, subscriptions or redemptions in the same way that mutual funds or ETFs are. And that capital base has a number of advantages and disadvantages. And we obviously think that, you know, it's a huge, it's a, it's a huge advantage if you want to invest for the long term and you want to have access to these sophisticated managers and you get that sort of dividend uptick as well. So for our investors, you know, they're looking for capital preservation and they're also looking for dividends and they're looking for that social impact. This is certainly something for investors to keep in mind. And, and you mentioned investing for the long term and, you know, being aware of your goals, such as capital preservation, is another option to consider, certainly. And you've just dropped some pretty big names in our industry, Caroline, you know, um, and probably a few of our listeners may or may not be aware of just uh, how big these companies are. But you're telling me that they have foregone their management fees and you know having a work and the performance fees now this is this is a really interesting point I'm quite curious about it and would, would you would you say you know what is really driving this motivation for our managers and that's you know, a, a total raise of 52.9 million, right? That's close to 53 million over six to seven years. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just curious to hear your views, you know, um, and, you know, you can speak on behalf of your partners and your other service providers. Why is it that they all are happy to work on this arrangement? I think they probably all have different motivations. I really believe that when you're really, really good at something, which which they are in terms of managing money, the fact that they can manage the money that they do and they have skin in their own game because they're, they're all pretty much boutiques. And I'd love to name every single one of them because I think that's really important as well as all of our pro bono service providers because they are just as important to us. But I think the reason why they do it is they're really good at something and this way they can actually give back to a really considered structure. So for example, our impact partners, our charity partners, they have really excellent track records for design and delivery of programs across early intervention, sort of crisis response and treatment of mental ill health. And they're really good at what they do. And I think the fund managers are really good at what they do. And so if we can invest some of our shareholders' money into these fund managers and the charities can benefit, I think that's really powerful. And they also, you know, they get to listen to the charities firsthand. They get to speak to them. If they, you know, wanted to find out more about homelessness, they could speak to Lighthouse, which is an amazing charity with the work they're doing. And I think every single individual really wants to do good. They really want to have an impact not just perhaps in their investments, which they do, but also on the social side as well. So I like to think that we're bringing them together and it's really, you know, them providing the profit and the passion to do that. And we really are sort of the enablers of that happening. Yeah, that's certainly, it's very fascinating. And I think that just goes to show that there's many of us in the industry who believe in this cause and they're willing to work, you know, in this arrangement and to help those charities who are in need. 
let's just um, stay with the impact investing in action for a moment here. So you mentioned quite a few different organizations in our chat. I'd just love to know perhaps one example that you'd like to share with us on a charity that's benefited from the $53 million that's been raised. Oh, that is such a hard question. I was actually trying to think about, you know, which one, which one to talk about. But I, I think one that I, I I'd, I'd like to mention is sort of reachout.com. So we have worked with them since inception um, with Future Generation Global. And I recently went to a talk that they did, which was just absolutely fascinating talking about what youth are really facing at the moment um, since the pandemic and how they've been impacted and you know what they're doing about it and where they actually get their advice. And I, I think a number of young people, you know, they really, really rely on the internet. They get all their information from the internet. I mean, we all do. We use it. I can attest to that. We use it constantly. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think of Google and some of the others. Like, you know, if that's not one of the first things on your on your phone, you just, you know, it, it definitely third. I always so, ask Google first. Even when we're playing a game, we're sort of just check with Google, just check. So, you know, Future Generation Global has worked with um, Reach Out for five years, and that's really been able to help them improve their sort of digital self-help to young people living in regional, rural and remote Australia. And they released um, last year a booklet talking about supported, educated and understood. And that was about their impact on the well-being of young people living in these parts of Australia. And it talked about the insights and what actually was happening to them over that sort of period of five years. And, you know, there was definitely a trend there of worsening psychological distress for many young people in the past five years, but their attitudes towards mental health services and the use of online, you know, had really, really improved. And that was very much related to, you know, reach outs work in those areas. You know, that there was a significant increase in young people rating their services favorably. It was up from 66% to 81% in in that five years. And I think what was really important, it's actually quite hard in rural and sort of regional Australia for people to, you know, use the internet and to sort of use it as a trusted source. And I think the willingness went up from 20% in year one to 53% in year five. And there was a huge increase in mental health literacy, which increased from 19 to 30%. I mean, these numbers don't sound a lot, but I think that it shows that there is a lot of work to be done. And I think having really good resources and practical support, tools and tips for young people to navigate everyday issues and tough challenges is really important. And I, I like that project because it was monitored all the way through. And, you know, Reach Out has just got 30 million from the federal government towards their core work. So I think that hopefully they've leveraged the money that we've given them and they've made it work so they can continue to improve their services. And that's really what we want to do. And we want our impact partners. We want to add value, you know, with our resources, our expertise and our networks, but also, you know, how do we actually invest to help them for the future? It's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, I have to probably disagree. I think those numbers are quite remarkable. And I think every little bit helps, don't you think? Without a doubt. I mean, when I say the numbers, they are remarkable. But when when you sort of see an increase, you know, from 
you know, to fifty, you know, to just over fifty percent. You're kind of like, oh, I want it to be more. I want it to be more, and that's taken them five years. And I really want, you know, I really want to help young Australians as much as I possibly can. And that's what drives all of the fund managers, all of the service providers, all of Wilson Asset Management as well, who are very much behind this. And you know, our board directors, our investment committee. So many people are invested in making a real difference. And you know, it's. It's really exciting, but it's it's really hard work. And, you know, our impact partners, our charities, they have the really hard job of helping everyone. On, a, on another note, which I really wanted to mention is we've just done an expressions of interest for Future Generation Global. And um, we have basically shifted our work to prevention because we really want to work in that sort of mental health space that really prevents it actually happening because it's very very underfunded um you know there's numbers um i think it's sort of less than one percent of government funding is focused on that but obviously they do an awful lot of work in terms of intervention and treatments after that so this is where we're going to be focusing and what was really wonderful was see was we got nearly 200 applications for our funding and every single one was amazing just the you know the fantastic diverse nature of what we're doing in prevention across Australia was amazing to see and it's just really hard for us because obviously we we can only support a very small number but the ones that I've seen so far I have just been blown away with what they're doing and if we can you know if we can really help these impact partners and we can bring them together and we can invest in their core organizations I think that we can make a real difference to, you know, young people's mental health in that whole prevention field over the next sort of five to 10 years. And I think it's a harsh reality that, you know, we've all gone through the last couple of years and one of us or many of us who are listening, you know, might know somebody who have been impacted by these challenges. And to see that, you know, there are, you know, the 200 expressions of interest um, to participate in your program, it's quite encouraging. There are a lot of charities and organisations out there who are developing programs to help young Australians out there. And the prevention is very, it's it was very interesting that that's now your focus as an organisation. And, you know, I think the way that the future generation funds work with the certainty of multi-year funding, I think that would actually, you know, be able to make an impact, albeit the one, 1%. one And, you know, um, I think this is just an illustration that 1% could make a difference. And this is some of the, and reach out as an example is, you know, one of the, the case in point. You're right. I, I think we can all make a difference. We can, and we can talk about it we can talk about what personal impact do we want to do you know what what is our dual purpose in life what is our twofold as as we like to say here what are you trying to do to help so for us it's very much about you know getting those investment returns to our shareholders but also making a really significant social impact to our partners in the youth space and i and i really hope that you know, we, we can grow the companies over time because therefore we can have more of an impact. And that's really, really important because, as you say, everybody's been impacted through the pandemic. 
And in fact, I think that's going to go on for a, for a long period of time as well as, as we all recover. So I think as an investor, if you've reviewed your portfolio and you've decided that this is an area that you'd like to be involved in, Caroline, where would you suggest um, investors go for more education? I think before you would ever in, invest in, 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 any, in any company or fund, you, you know, you do, you do your research exactly as you said. I mean, our Future Generation website is really very good and it sort of goes through exactly what we're about, what we're doing, and it also regularly updates where, where all the numbers are, where our portfolio performance is, where our dividends are, you know, how many years of dividend coverage we have so that we can continue to pay those dividends. So that that's really important for a number of our shareholders. And so we have a, a podcast and it's on every platform called Twofold. And that is giving updates from not only, you know, great Australians, but also from the charities themselves and also some of the fund managers. And we've just sort of kicked that back off again. And our last one was with Natasha Stott-Despoir and we're just about to release another one um, next week. And also, if you subscribe to our newsletter, we run through exactly what's happening with our portfolios, what the fund managers are saying. We do look-throughs um, of all of our fund managers. You know, we go through how many stocks we have, how we're investing and why we're investing and what they actually focus on as well. So it's it's really, really good information. And if anybody wants anything else, they can contact us and we will definitely get back to them. The other area that I would suggest is to have a look at the Wilson Asset Management website, because that's got a really good information on LICs, um, which is also really good background. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Caroline. I think it's fascinating to see that, you know, fun like yourselves, the companies are really trying to make a difference in the industry and, you know, the caliber of managers who are also behind this cause. And it's been really interesting hearing about Reach Out as well as an example of a charity that's benefiting from the things that you're doing. So thank you very much for um, joining us to explain the concept of impact investing as well. And Caroline's also shared some great resources for you to have a look at and you know listen to how um how the funds are actually helping other charities which have been um participating in this program so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next month thank you very much helen i appreciate your time and that's a wrap with caroline leading the charge in impact investing working to achieve the dual purpose of investment and social returns it was really interesting to hear about the investment model that they have fund managers, service providers, working pro bono, and the charity partners, which have also benefited from this. It really goes to show that as an industry, professionals who are doing this day in, day out can come together to make an impact on our community, as well as strive to deliver investment returns. And as investors, we can also tap into the expertise of a range of managers providing this access. A key takeaway from our conversation is that there are certainly a few ways to invest with this focus, and social impact investing will certainly be one to watch. To learn more, visit the Future Generation website and the ASX website for resources on listed investment companies and learn more about how you can think of using these in your investing journey. We'll see you next time. Visit the ASX website, asx.com.au and register for the next Investor Day, our premier education event, providing timely market insights and ideas from a range of industry experts.